This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. What are teenagers actually doing on their smartphones? One researcher says contrary to what many adults think, teens are not simply addicted to their screens, they're actually navigating a networked world. Teens really want support and understanding from adults. Often we found that actually openness to talking about the positives paves the way for teens to want to talk more about the negatives and the pain points because they feel like we'll understand more of the complexity. Then, just about everyone has a digital life. But how many of us are digitally organized? It's the digital environments, our computer, our folders, our mobile devices, our storage locations. Those are a complete disaster. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. What are today's teenagers actually doing on their smartphones? Our next guest says contrary to many adults' assumptions, they're not simply addicted to the screens, they're just trying to navigate a networked world. We welcome Emily Weinstein, Harvard University Project Zero researcher and co-author of Behind Their Screens, What Teens Are Facing and Adults Are Missing. Emily, you interviewed 3,500 teenagers, and one of your findings is that young people need empathy, or not, as you put it, (laughs) exasperated eye-rolling. What should parents and adults understand about teens and their smartphones? There's a lot of talk about the idea that teens are addicted to their screens, that they just want to be on their screens all the time. They don't care about balance. Teens told us so clearly that they do not want to feel dysregulated or like they can't control their habits. They say things like, the app TikTok runs my life. I hate it. I just can't seem to get off of social media. A key factor here is that, of course, there are design features that are keeping them looking at their screens. There's a reason tech companies are using features like infinite scroll, so we never reach the end of our newsfeed, and notifications that activate a neural response and that curious impulse to check right away. And while we're all vulnerable to these designs, the pulls are actually amplified for teens. Social technologies are really playing and even preying on developmental needs to connect with peers and to seek feedback and validation. Was there something that really surprised you as far as teens' online world goes? Cyberbullying is on a lot of adults' radars, but a lot of what's hard for teens around social media falls in the category of more ambiguous or subtle jabs. Teens told us about things like being strategically cropped out of a photo from a social event or being the only one in a picture who doesn't get tagged. We can probably all remember back to the social dynamics of the middle school lunchroom. And now it's like that middle school lunchroom is on the screen in front of you 24-7 and your social life analytics are always public and accessible. Imagine finding out that you're in a fight because a friend takes you off of their close friend's stories list or out of a group chat. Or you see that your friends Venmoed each other for movie tickets and you realize that you weren't included. A lot of what's hard about social media and a lot of what's great too just isn't in adults' current line of sight. What you just described would, I guess, fall into the category of cyberbullying, or is that a more extreme behavior? Cyberbullying typically refers to behaviors that are more extreme. These are in the category of much more ambiguous or subtle jabs. Sometimes people are really clearly intending to hurt other people's feelings, but in other cases, 
It's not the case that someone was trying to necessarily be mean to you by just not inviting you to the movies. You just have access to so much new social information that you inevitably see stuff that makes you feel bad. And navigating all that information is a really hard part of the social media world for teens. We're talking with Emily Weinstein, Harvard University Project Zero researcher and co-author of the book Behind Their Screens, What Teens Are Facing and Adults Are Missing. During COVID, did you do some of the research during that time? And what effect, if so, did that have on your answers, do you think? We did. And one of the things that we heard so clearly was that social media technology was a super powerful and important social lifeline for teens, especially during the early days of quarantine. We heard about the ways that they were using online games to stay connected with friends. We also heard about really creative ways that they were supporting each other through online school. Discord servers that were set up for study support and study groups that were happening online where teens were just opening Zoom or opening FaceTime and studying side by side to feel a little bit less lonely. Politics is a very hot button uh, issue with many millions and millions of people. How does that affect teenagers? Do they get into politics that much? Many adults have felt this roller coaster ride in recent years in terms of social media and political life. And we've really seen some twists and turns in how teens experience civic and political life online too. Our research captured a pretty profound shift in the ways that teens are experiencing politics online. In short, in 2013, teens told us that being political online was optional. It felt like it was extra credit. And today, that's no longer the case. They described how it can feel expected and essential, and yet there are so many ways to get it wrong. They told us that their peers monitor who speaks up and who doesn't about every issue, calling out anything that they view as hypocritical, performative, problematic, or insincere. And friendships are very much on the line. Teens described breaking friendships over the presence or absence of social media posts about urgent civic issues. Hmm. Parents sometimes wish they could just tell their child to turn off their smartphone or put it away. Is that realistic? Does that work or is that pointless? Well, teens told us that there are moments when actually putting away their cell phone is exactly what they need. But there are also times when it can be really isolating to opt out of these technologies and it's not without consequences. They wish that adults would understand that opting out is often much more complicated for them than maybe it is for us. They worry about letting down friends if they're not available, missing out in ways that legitimately have ramifications for their offline relationships and so much more. They also told us that a key thing is that adults often default when something goes wrong on social media when they're upset to saying things like, just turn off your phone. But this does not erase the feelings. And because so much of their lives are happening online, it can really feel like there are no good choices, whether it's staying connected and getting some really needed social support or disconnecting and then maybe feeling more isolated, but avoiding some of the tough stuff. So what are the best ways that a parent can interact with their teenager to help them manage their online life and come out ahead. We heard so clearly from teens that they really want support and understanding from adults, but adults' messages so often miss the mark or they're so filled with our own assumptions and our own projections that social media is bad that teens hesitate to come to us and talk to us about the things that are hard because they're worried about just confirming our assumptions. 
one of the really easy things we can do is actually start conversations with an openness to hearing about the positives, what they like, the upsides of social media. And often we found that actually openness to talking about the positives paves the way for teens to want to talk more about the negatives and the pain points because they feel like we'll understand more of the complexity. Another thing is that when we recognize that teens' concerns about their tech habits actually sound a lot like adults' concerns, they share many of the fears that we have for them about technology. We can actually break free from this constant adults versus teens battle over screen time and turn the fight into more of an us and them battle where we recognize that managing the pull of the screen is something that we're actually all struggling with. And we can break free of being like the referee who's just always blowing the whistle when teens misstep or spend too much time online or do something wrong. And we can shift into this role of being more like coaches where we really help them strategize before there's an issue and when they're in the tough stuff and navigate the hard plays, which are just a reality of their worlds. All of this has obviously unfolded in a very rapid time in our society. What does your sort of crystal ball say about all of this in coming years? Will things change or stay the same? I wish I had a crystal ball. For sure, it's the case that we are chasing a moving target when it comes to teens and screens, but it feels like one that we just have to keep chasing because the stakes are really high. There are some real positives, but also some really tricky things that we are just better positioned to intervene in when we actually understand what they're up against. So I'm looking forward to continuing to do this research, but also to being part of developing continued educational interventions, resources for teachers and for families that really help us give teens the help we need while we advocate for policy change at the same time. Emily Weinstein, Harvard University Project Zero researcher and co-author of Behind Their Screens, What Teens Are Facing and Adults Are Missing. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Next, proven ways to organize your digital life. That story straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 